Welcome back. Uh, I'm Rashad from Swab Magazine. Uh, as you know, it is May and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I was fortunate enough to be able to partner with Psych ATL to put an emphasis on the mental health awareness of Black men. You know, it's something that we don't really get to discuss often. So we wanted to bring a couple of people on to have some conversations that allow us to create a platform and environment to make this more acceptable with our own community. So today I'm joined by William Hollis, motivational speaker, um, found out about you on the internet, have some amazing videos, amazing perspectives on some things in life. So we want to just kind of really get to get to know you, get to know your story a little bit. So it's, first off, I want to say thank you and Swah for having me. Uh, love what you guys are doing for the culture, man. It's truly an honor to be on the show today. I appreciate it. So just kind of getting started, you did a post on Mother's Day um, mm -hmm. talking about your mom, which kind of gave me some, some, a little outlook of your, your back. Mm -hmm. um, when you, growing up, you said your livelihood at that point was a little, I don't want to call it dysfunctional, mm -hmm. but chaotic. Yes. Which is probably a good word for you. Walking you through that a little bit. But yeah, man, I, um, you know, just like a lot of inner city kids that grow up in the neighborhoods that we from. Uh, you know, my, my particular family, my grandmother moved from Monroe, Louisiana uh, to Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, she started running numbers at first, and then she taught all 12 of her kids how to cook and sell crack. So basically, in my, in my growing up in my household, it was basically gladiator school for drug dealers. Uh, multiple drug dealers and big drug dealers that grew to be big drug dealers had came through that house to learn from, you know, you know, people don't understand when you you out in the street, you selling dope, it's an art, you know what I mean? And it's a it's a it's a art, it's a it's a strategy to it, um, to be successful. And the reason why it's it got that deep is because it, where I'm from, it was literally, I'll say 65, 75% of our household, they made their money off of selling dope. And um, you know, it's different in Michigan. When they come to Michigan, you know, we ain't, we young. We're not even talking about selling marijuana. We're going straight to the heroin. You know what I mean? So growing up for me, man, it was almost like, it wasn't almost, I had to be a man before I became one. Um, I had to learn how to protect myself, my family. Uh, I had to learn how to prioritize as a youngster. What do I want that bag of hot Cheetos or do I want to get this bag of noodles? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was at a young age. I remember, man, I can, I can remember it vividly. Um, one of my birthdays, man, I got like probably like $50. And this is when I learned the power of belonging and our coming from where we from wanting to belong. Um, I had $50. We was walking to school, my brother and sister, and I always just noticed the kids with the bag lunch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just always wanted to come to school. So crazy. Just a little thing. I just always wanted to come to school with a bag of lunch. And I, I noticed at a young age that I never liked anybody that I love to not experience a great life. Yeah. And at a young age, having that mentality, it was so crazy because, right, we're young. But how am I supposed to change this? 
Yeah, that's, that's heavy. Like, how am I supposed to change this? Yeah. And my mentality was to be exceptional, to really learn how to be exceptional in everything I do. Because growing up, everybody told me I'll be a killer or a drug dealer like my father. I remember days, man, I used to walk outside, and everybody remember these days, hot summer days. Mm -hmm. And you probably be the first one outside. You waiting on the rest of the kids to get up. I remember, I remember, man, I used to get up all the time. I've always been an early bird, couldn't sleep that good. And I'd get up and I'd walk throughout the neighborhood and, man, I'd just be walking. It was like the most beautiful personal moment yeah. to myself, intimate moments with myself as a youngster. And I used to look up in the sky, bro. I used to walk throughout there. I never looked down because every time I looked down, it reminded me of the reality that I was in. Mm. But when I learned to look up, bro, I looked up every day to the sky. I always said that that's a big world, and I got the ability to get out there. How did you? How do you? How do you change your your own mindset when you, your family is in a different realm, and you're able to break away from that at a young age and like say, I want something different? I think it has everything to do with God. You know, God just giving you that vision for your life. I believe God gives a seed to every family member. It's one person yeah. that's supposed to change it. And sometimes in the midst of life, you'll lose yourself. And you'll forget about the reason why you even breathe. Yeah. You know, some people, I talk about it. I'm never, I never was a person that was addicted to taking. I was a, I was a person that, if I couldn't give, I can't breathe. If I can't do something special for somebody, I don't feel like life is special at all. Yeah. And that's always been my mentality, King. I remember setting up at a McDonald's, Pontiac, Michigan. I'm in line and I remember me crying all of a sudden. I didn't know what it was, it was my emotions. I'm watching two black queens at the counter. They, they, they look like they're drug addicts. They, they putting quarters together on the counter while the counterparts are sitting behind laughing. And I'm watching the women and I cried. Yeah. I cried, bro. It almost made me want to cry today. I cried because I seen the state that my people was in. Like I always, like I, a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of people choose to go speak and choose to do this, but some people truly are called, my brother. Like I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that. I, I, I believe that my heart for the people it's always been as strong as anything that pumps in my body. You feel what I'm saying? So I knew at a young age that it was me that had to save. When you you realize that young age, and then you you start you get into adulthood and you start going through the trials of adulthood. Mm -hmm. So like you start dealing with like the everyday kind of stuff and end up living in your car. Yes. How do you how do you build yourself? In that point, would you call that your low point? Yes. So, you know, how do you build from there? I think it's, um, you know, in the in the process of life, um, it's appointments. And in life, we're going to be sick sometimes. The sick may be the lack of funds, the lack of money, even not even having a home. But God's going to set you up for appointment to heal you. You just make sure you don't miss it. And a lot of us, we, we stay in this disease state in our mind and we don't realize that in this world, it's a world of gladiators. 
And when you're bleeding, when you go into a stadium to fight as a gladiator, the other gladiator has no time to stop and help you because he's fighting for his life. Yeah. But what that gladiator must learn to do is learn to fight until he can't fight anymore. A lot of us quit in the middle of the process. Yeah. You, 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 the, the moment that God is about to take you to the next level, you quit. It's just like that meme you see when the guy digging for gold and he quit, he pack it up and turn his back and he was one blow away from striking gold. God ain't giving you nothing. He only gives to who's deserving of it. And I had to bleed for this. Like it ain't no skipping the process. It's going to be painful. But what's like, what, just like a diamond, just like a volcano, the pressure has to build up. Yeah. The pressure got to build up. What you going to be? Are you going to just be a piece of ash or are you going to grow into the diamond? And that's, I think that's the, that's the part where even myself at times, you have those, those moments where you start questioning yourself. And now I'm at a point where I realize that I'm doing it and I address it. And it's like, stop doubting yourself and stop allowing things that happen to make you doubt yourself because you're, you're good. Like you can get through it. Yes, sir. So when you're talking to people and it's like, you're having that conversation, you know, that's that state that they're at. Mm -hmm. Do you see it? flat out or is it something that like you're not aware of all the time I, I, I see pain from a mile away bro even when you smile yeah I've been through some of the worst pain bro my mother passed of a heroin overdose in the crack house falling from her eyes and falling from her mouth my father was murdered this past Christmas knife wound to the chest left for dead I've been through every pain you could possibly imagine. So all God left in me is a warrior. Yeah. Now, whatever I do, whatever I put my mind to do, I do it. Because I know life is 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 a succession of opportunities. Yeah. And if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, you're gonna hate yourself. Yeah. You said something, um, maybe like this week, and you were saying that basically you spend your whole life trying to get to a place where you can have enough to save other people and then they die before you can save them, which helps you realize that it's probably just not your job to try to save anybody. It never was. And most people never reach their full potential because they were they, they trying to do a job that they were never born to do. A lot of people are living dreams. Just a basketball player as a high school that's really supposed to be a doctor. It's a rapper in the rap game that really supposed to be law enforcement. But what happens is, and you wonder why your dream never manifests because you're going in the wrong direction. But what happens in this process, this is when suicide comes. When you realize you've been going the wrong way the whole time. Mm -hmm. But the only way that you can get on the right track is you got to go all the way back and start from the beginning. And that's the key point with people jump off the ledge because they do not have enough fight left in them to go back to the beginning. What they say in the GPS system, you must set your current location before you get to your final destination. Yeah. 
So when everything is going wrong, you got to go back to the child that laid on your mother's lap. You got to remember the kid that dreamed and believed in something. Yeah. Because the world has a funny way of making individuals believe in, in the impossible. I had the pleasure to go to Kingston, Jamaica and visit the gravesite of Marcus Garvey, the queen, Nadia the Maroons. These are people that a lot of my people don't even know about. Mm -hmm. I was gifted with the Ambassador of Peace Award and I remember standing on the gravesite of Marcus Garvey and I remember hearing a whisper Die empty. And when I heard that whisper, it was so profound, it was die empty. And all that, all that means is, is leaving every molecule of greatness that you have in your body on this earth, not tomorrow, today. Because one thing I know for sure, people fear death. But one thing I realized, I realized that when you die, my mother came to me after she passed and she said, son, I'm on a long journey, yeah. but I'm almost home. Then I put two and two together. I went to Kingston, Jamaica and learned about uh, uh, Paul Bogle, who fought against the British, mm -hmm. who was one of the richest men in Kingston, Jamaica, in Jamaica. And what happened was King, he had all the land, he was a black man. He couldn't walk past his people in bondage every day and be free by himself. And when I learned about Paul Bogle, I started to learn about my own DNA. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be rich and my people poor. What's, what kind of life is that? So when I look at, when I look at, at, at the at the at the Paul Bogles of the world, who was killed by the British Army, he only had thirty three people with him. They broke a whole army to kill him. So the story of Paul Bogle was he went down there to the police station and told them to free his people, let them buy some of his people. They denied him. Then they came down there marching again and one of the police officers shot one of his followers. After he killed one of his followers, Paul Bogle came down late of the night and chopped the heads off of every deputy inside the police station. And they hung Paul Bogle. But Paul Bogle said, I'd rather die than to be a sellout to my people. And the reason why you do that, they talk big on ancestors. All the stood in the grass where the ancestors was bit. Ancestors are nothing more than they guide you after death. But you gotta die first. They guide you after this death. This this death, King. What I tell people is, do you think your journey's over with after this? Yeah. It's not, bro. I believe no, I no no I know this. My father told me the first time he got shot, he told me, he said, Will, when I died, it was beautiful. So 
He said it was beautiful. My father was shot 14 times in Detroit. This was before he was murdered. He was walking, running. My dad was completely healthy. Well, not completely. <laughs> he was still walking and running and working out. Right. Uh, but uh, he told me it was beautiful. So once I realized that when people fear death, you fear the next level of your life. Because if you believe that this is the only life, bro, you, you're going to live in fear. You're going to die in fear. But if you, if you know that you, you're, on a, you're on a continuous job to save your people, like me, I'm just a continuous energy. I'm going to die for another person to rise, for another kid from the projects to rise, for another William King Islands to rise. You feel me? Like I'm I'm only doing my part. You get what I'm saying? So when you when you operate like that, um, you realize how special life is. And when you talk about mental health, mental health is simply individuals doing things that they were never born to do. It's just <laughs> mental health. How do you keep that strong? How do you keep your mental health strong? And talk to God. You go insane when you stop talking to God. You go, I've done it before. Get these big checks and traveling and traveling. You and you wondering why your mind all messed up, but you got all the money. You, you, you got the clothes, you got all this, but you still feel icky. Yeah. Because I, I, I realized, King, that if you don't know God, you will never see God. So I take intimate moments with God and I pray and I thank him for where I came from because I made a deal with him. I said, I said, God, look, I was in a shelter, homeless, right in Pennsylvania. From Harrisburg. Huh? You from Harrisburg? That's crazy. <laughs> That's where I started my career. Get out of here. Hershey, Pennsylvania, Marcus Colston, Harrisburg Stampede. Marcus Colston went to my high school. Yeah, Harrisburg Stampede. I was on his arena team. So look, we sitting, we sitting down there, we, we we sitting down there in Pennsylvania, we sitting down there in Pennsylvania, and King, they changed my, it, God changed my life. I asked God, I said, God, can, I said, God, if you take me from this homeless state, I will work for you for the rest of my life. I made a deal with him. I was talking to my father for real. Yeah. So when you, I mean, because that's where I think a lot of people mess up is when you when you make that. You make that deal and say, if you, if you do this for me, this is what I'll do. And then he do that for you. And it's like, are we good? No. Like, and that's, and people fall back and no, it's like, let me tell you, you're you that. Let me tell you how you work. He going to do it for you. But he ain't going to give you nothing for it. You, you, you will bend and work. At a VI at a CEO level, you have been to build a million dollar company. Mm -hmm. And he don't give you nothing until you give it to somebody else. It's like a it's like a safe deposit box. He said, I can sit right here with you. <laughs> give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody else. So, because guess what, son? 
you ain't going to be able to keep it forever. And I think that's where, like, some people find peace. Yeah. And just doing for other people, which is why you say you don't want to be rich and see your people poor. Yeah. So it's it's giving to other people. And when you're in that state of continuous giving, you fill your cup back up. Like you said, you go back to God, fill your cup back up. I'm happy. Yeah. Who do you... Who do you also put in your your circle and your surrounding to make sure that you're always balanced out as well? Like, how important is that for you when you continuously pouring? Uh, my children. Okay. Um. They say you can see God in the eyes of children, and when I'm praying and I need to see Him, I look in my son or my daughter's eyes. And it, it takes me back to a human state to understand that, yo, hey, the time on earth is so limited. Yeah. What are we going to do today to make somebody else better yeah. or to make a life better? People will spend their whole life taken. And when they land in their deathbed and they look God in his eyes and God asks them, who did you help? My brother, my son, my daughter. You want to be able to say, I helped a lot, God. Yeah. I did everything that I was supposed to do that I thought I was supposed to do. I live full and I die empty because I understand this. My gift, everything that I am, I was born with it in my mother's womb. I was born with it. When I was a little boy, I couldn't read till I was 16. Oh, wow. My mama, I remember coming home and telling my mom, I was like, Mom, he gave me this IEP paper. And my mama read it, and I remember her looking at it, and it had at the bottom, we want to give him medicine too. My mama borrowed the paper up, and she said, William, you're not dumb. God gave you a special gift, but you won't understand until you become a man. And when I became a man, today, I'm over 900 million views on YouTube. I'm one of the biggest young speakers in the world, special ed kids. On the project, and I think that's, I think that's that's important because you're, you're giving back to a multitude of people that you don't see on an everyday basis. So you have your, you have your YouTube page, you have your Instagram page, you have the NFL deal that you did. Now you have an album that you put out, spoken word, sitting at the top of the chart. So it's like you're doing all these things and you're getting millions of eyes on you, millions of responses, but it's not something that you can tangibly touch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's the way God set it up. Do good deeds. Don't look for any, any type of feedback, love, or any of that. Just do the work, son. Yeah. That's what I know. I'm just doing the work. You could call me famous. You can call me anything. You don't know me. But at the end of the day, I know me. I know who I work for. I work for God, and my promotions with God is everlasting. I promote it. I don't. If a man tried to stop me, I'm gonna tell you a story. The first speaker I ever seen, legendary speaker, big speaker. He came to Huntsville, Alabama. Wife went to Oakville University. I got there early, sat in the front seat, and I said, "Hey, I'm in the shelter. I'm over 20 million views in the shelter. My first speech was made in the shelter. I follow voice memo." He said, yeah, I want to teach. I'm, I'm going to show you. So I said, King, I'm just a young black king. I'm trying to learn a game. And this is what happened. He gave me an email. He gave me a phone number. 
and he gave me a personal email. Business email, personal number, and uh, the business email. The email didn't work. The phone number didn't work. The business email worked. And as I was sitting in the shelter, thinking that my life was about to change, he said, give us $10,000 I help. I wanted to commit suicide that night. And I promised myself, God told me this. He said, well, don't you ever think a man can change your life more than me? And I trusted God. And now that number one speaker, the same Under Armour commercials and Nike commercials you get. You feel me? But guess the difference between me? God made me rich on the inside before he made me rich on the outside. Yeah. So now, when I'm going out and I see a brother that's just like me, I sat down to have a meal with him. When I went to Tivoli Garden in Jamaica, I slept in Tivoli Garden. I ain't get no Airbnb. I slept in the hood. That's what God, that's how God want me to be for the people. Neighborhood, never Hollywood. That's why I will be one of the biggest speakers ever. Because, because I'm telling you, some people pick it and some people chose it. I don't write speeches. Everything comes from the heart, mind, and soul. Yeah. Whatever God tell me, I'd have spoken live 5,000, 10,000 people. And I don't know what I'm going to say until I get on the stage. I ain't know what I'm going to say until I got to the interview. Because <laughs> if you let God use you, bro, he'll give you everything, whoever it is, supposed to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. How do people find you? How do they get to your content? I think follow me on William King Hollis, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, William King Hollis. Uh, I'm very weird. I got my website being built, but I, for all my career, I never had a website because I, I like to be as close as I like to be, you know, you can just can't come, you can't pick me off the territory, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it increased <laughs> fees <laughs> and what I want, but I'm, I'm going to bring it to the world now because I know a lot of people want to dive into my, you know, my blogs and different things of that nature. But I, for anybody out there listening, anybody if you write me on Instagram, I'm going to write back because I remember the days nobody wrote me back. I promise you. If you write me on Instagram, I'm going to write back. I'm going to talk back. Um, if you're going through mental health issues right now at this moment as you're watching this, message me right now. I believe everybody got a second to answer somebody. Yeah. Um, I'm not God. I, I can't be busier than God. So I know I can answer something. Um, but the message that I really want everybody to take away is wake up with a purpose every single day. Wake up with a purpose every single day. Live full and die empty. Give everything that you got in your soul to your dream. And if you put that dream down, pick it back up. Because the thing that you put down is the very thing that will change your life. The thing that made you smile is the very thing that will change your life. You have everything inside of you to change your life. And if you just believe, because they say, what God say? Faith. If you don't have faith, everything's dead. Any dream you ever ask for, and you lose your faith, you lost your dream. So pick your faith back up today and keep fighting for your family, yourself, and keep fighting to leave a legacy 
forget just leaving a moment. Leave a legacy that you remember for forever. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, again, wish you the best with everything. Like your your work's been amazing thus far. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, one more thing. Go get the darkest hour just charted at number eight on the charts. Spoken word album just released like seven, eight days ago. Um major shout out to that album. That album has a track on it called Stay Alive. And you gotta hear it. It's absolutely amazing. And it just might keep you alive today. So thank you again, King Fan. Absolutely, absolutely. But I hit 29 and a half. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. That was amazing. <laughs>